0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Apply Filters, episode 11. Today we have a special guest, Dan Griffiths, with us, as well as uh, our usuals, myself, and my co-host, Brad Tanar. Hi, everybody. Dan, say hi. We're going to first start out by giving a quick shout out to our sponsors, Uh, WP Ninjas, the creators behind Ninja Forms, have been kind enough to sponsor this episode. And so they are the creators of Ninja Forms and a couple of other great plugins for creating contact forms, surveys, other types of things that you need to do with a form plugin. And so go check them out at ninjaforms.com or wpninjas.com. Um, and with that, why don't we go ahead and jump into things. Dan, why don't you tell us a little bit about what, uh, who you are, what you do, uh, what your day-to-day schedule looks like, things like that. Um, well, who I
1: am, I'm a, I'm a WordPress plugin developer, uh, predominantly. Um, I spend a lot of time working with Pippin on easy digital downloads. Um, yeah, Dan's been an active
0: contributor to that project for a while now. Nine months now? Uh, since I looked at it, I think it's either February or November of last year, something like that. I think it was like February. I can't remember. I,
1: oh, no, you know what it was? It was uh, March was when that commit got in. the. Got the yes, expansion. so it's been a while. Um, aside from that, what else do you do? Aside from that, I, I'm the founder of a project called uh, Redux Framework. And what Redux is is it is a uh, a theme and plugin options framework for WordPress. Um, basically, it's it's designed to allow developers of plugins or themes to easily create a, a full scale options panel for their plugin with basically minimal coding on on their part. Um, kind of similar to like Options Tree and stuff like that, but we've sure. kind of kind of gone a different route and tried to make it a lot
0: simpler for the user and a lot more flexible. Cool. So it's really for implementing, like creating a setting screen, uh, a really advanced setting screen in a plugin or a theme that then gets either distributed on, say, WordPress.org or a theme for, some, for cocaine, something like that. Yes,
1: and uh, we actually, we actually have kind of gone out of our way to make sure that we're maintaining compatibility with both of their licensing
0: models. So it is... That's awesome. Yeah. Hmm. Brad, have you ever used Redux?
2: No, I've never even heard of it. Uh, well, I had really no reason to look for this kind of solution. So, uh, well, you don't you don't
0: do a whole lot with setting screens. I mean, I've I've yeah, seen your exactly. setting screen on WP Magard Pro. It's like three fields. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you would oh, not be my I target see. audience. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. And so, oh, I see. So this is this works for plugins as well as themes.
1: Yep, yeah, and we are we are currently, I believe, the only one that is is specifically targeting both which is really cool
0: i I've used uh, I know a year or two ago I used the I've used both options tree and op- options framework from devin price uh, and and they were I think it was specifically for themes mm-hmm. which works well uh, and is really cool but I, I do love the idea that you're targeting both because when you really get down to the technical aspects there's not really anything different
1: so there's a few changes um there's a few things that a lot of the options frameworks historically have done that are based on like functions specific to themes, like you know, using uh, get style sheets, you know, or get style sheet uh, directory for you know determining the, the plugin route or the, the theme route which obviously doesn't work in a plugin. Right. So you know there's some things that we had to change but but overall in terms of
2: like overall, the overall settings are the, the setting of yeah. the
0: pages themselves are exactly. not
2: that much different. Okay. Very cool. cool. So who does your design, Dan? Uh me. Okay. So you have a little uh, <laughs> little bit of a design background then? Uh, a little
1: bit. Honestly, I'm not really much of a designer. I'm more of a developer. Um, I can kind of fake it when I have to. Um, in all honesty, though, not all of the graphics on that site are mine. Some of them I've kind of snagged from other places.
2: Hey, the best designers steal, right? Isn't that the... <laughs> Seems
1: to be the way it works. And I can tell you, you're good, a, a good. I think.
2: I think the I exact am. saying is, uh, "Good designers uh, borrow, great designers steal," or something like
0: that. Yeah, I saw that the other day. <laughs> um, We're not advocating stealing.
2: No, unless you're a designer. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> um, no, this is this looks really good. I mean, clearly you have some, definitely a mind for
0: design. So,
1: it's, it's I've I've played with
0: it a few times. It's it's really pretty. Uh, and and works very very well. All
1: right. In, in all fairness, the the design for the panel itself is not really 100% mine. A lot of that, a lot of the credit for that goes to my my lead developer, Dovey. Um, so you actually have a team that works on. I else. do have a team. I have I have a handful of of full time or semi full time developers that are working with me on it. And I believe right now we have 17 active contributors. Um, who have actually made more than one commit in the last month? That's awesome. And you have it all open source on GitHub, don't you? It is 100% open source. And it is uh, 100% GPL compatible. Very cool.
2: Cool. So, are you using like some kind of uh, widget UI library or something here, or did you guys build out your own?
1: It, no, it is 100% R code. It is it is custom. So, like the color picker, you guys you guys. Are- uh, okay, that actually is. We it's based on the default WordPress color picker, but we were, we rewrote it because okay. we wanted to, we wanted to add the ability to do um, the the RGBA compatibility and the actual transparency selector on it.
2: Okay, cool. It looks a lot like Bootstrap, uh, Twitter Bootstrap
1: UI. Uh, Parts of our system are based on Bootstrap.
0: Yes.
2: Oh, awesome. Cool.
0: So day to day, I know that you work on Redux a lot. Uh, you also spend some time on EDD. What is your, maybe your normal dev day look like? Um, normal is such an abstract word. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think the only normal part of my day is the getting up in the morning and getting a cup of coffee. Um, after that, it kind of depends. Uh, I spend a lot of time traveling. Uh, as Pippin can attest, because I keep coming and harassing him. Uh, I spend a lot of time working with clients. I have a handful of um, clients outside of EDD and Redux that I work with on a fairly regular basis. As a, like a freelance contractor, uh, yeah, um, and that can be anything from you know someone saying I need a plugin to someone saying I don't understand WordPress. Can you build me a, a website? Um, my day generally begins at like eight eight thirty sometimes earlier if I'm actually conscious at that point in time. it all depends on how the night went um and then I pretty much work straight through till about two o'clock, have lunch at two o'clock, and then work straight through until about midnight
0: so very cool, yeah, I know I see you're always online, yeah <laughs> you're at least you're always online when I'm online except then I also see that. I get up in the morning, and Dan's texting <laughs> me at, like, three in the morning, and as far as I can tell, you've never gone to bed, so. <laughs> you no, know, I, I get, like, two to three hours of sleep a night, so.
2: Holy crap.
1: Yeah, that, that, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Unless for some reason, when I'm at these, these camps, I, I, I tend to sleep a lot more. I think I think camps have become my, my way of catching up on
0: sleep. Oh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, Dan and I are actually currently sitting in our hotel room at WordCamp Phoenix, which is pretty fun.
2: And I am not.
0: <laughs> yeah. You're up in cold Canada. Yes. It's not cold here.
2: And envious I'm of their of warm climate.
0: Oh, I'm very sorry. It's about seventy five degrees outside right now. But so oh, in no fairness, way. it's pretty cold at home for us too. That's true, it is. Yeah. We're both yeah. from we're both from Midwest, Kansas and Nebraska, so it's pretty cold there.
2: Yeah. Uh oh, oh well. I'll be in Vegas in April for MicroConf, so I I got that oh, to look go. forward to. Nice. Huh? So, Dan, how did you start with WordPress? Like, when did it all start for you?
1: Um, It's been seven or eight years. Oh, wow. I started with WordPress. I actually, when I first got into WordPress, I had never done web development beyond basic HTML. Um, I mean, I had a a basic grasp of PHP, but wasn't really a web developer. I was a desktop developer. Um, Before... Getting into WordPress, I actually worked on um, a, an operating system called Arch Linux, um, where I was, a, I was a core developer for them. And I'd been doing open source Linux desktop development for the better part of my life. And WordPress came
0: along and all of a sudden changed my life. That's that's pretty cool to me because I used to I used to run Arch on on my desktop and it was pri- my primary operating system. So like, here I am sitting here like you were one of the lead developers for my <laughs> own operating system. And that's so cool. Um,
1: sadly, you don't use it anymore. No, I don't. Well, I can't really say anything because neither do I. So,
2: what do you guys use now? Ubuntu.
1: I'm an Ubuntu user. Um, It depends on which computer you're talking about. My laptop that comes with me to WordCamps is actually running Windows 8, which really drives me nuts. Um, (laughs) But that really comes down to I haven't taken the time to fix that. My desktop at home is actually running a, I guess you could call it a custom Linux distro. It's kind of my own spin on how I think Linux should be. Wow, that's cool. Um, Pretty hardcore. It's like six or seven years in the making now, and I'm still not happy enough with it to actually release it, so...
2: Oh, now it makes sense why you don't sleep. So during the day, you're doing (laughs) WordPress stuff, and then at night, you're like hacking away at Linux.
1: (laughs) Actually, it doesn't really work that way. It's more along the lines of I'm working on WordPress, and then something happens in my operating system that I don't like, and I go, it shouldn't do that. It should work this way. And so I I step aside for a minute and and rewrite part of my Linux system,
0: and then I come back to WordPress. So that sounds a little bit like what used to be my day-to-day, except... Slightly different. I would be working, I'd be doing whatever it was, generally it was client work back then, and all of a sudden I would break something on my my computer, and (laughs) instead of just, like, fixing it, like, I'd spend, like, four hours trying to fix it, and then I'd end up just, like, reinstalling my entire computer, and there was my day, and that would happen about every three weeks. See, Um, the difference is I don't reinstall, I just recompile
1: whatever the project is, whatever the program is that's causing the issue.
2: Yeah. And that's I, I think Dan you just highlighted exactly why I don't use Linux because I'd be like so distracted
1: by by like
0: the Okay, so in that
1: case it. do what Pippin does and just use Ubuntu. It doesn't
0: actually let you do anything like that.
1: Oh, uh, okay. It's, it's, it's not it's actually cool.
0: true. Ubuntu is really like the it's the the normal person version of Linux. Like if you think about like OSX or Windows or like that and you, but you want to use Linux and you want a little bit more control, Ubuntu is really where you want to go.
2: Right, right, right. I th- I think as I, as uh, much as I hated
1: Ubuntu,
0: I will admit it is extremely stable. It's, it's very stable and very polished. It's pretty cool.
2: I think I stuck with I'm going to stick with OS X. Uh, the reason I went with OS X because you can run Photoshop. That's pretty much the only reason. See,
0: I just I used to I used to actually keep a computer around to run Photoshop, uh, and then I got rid of it. And I like it was the same time that I quit contract development, uh, and I decided I don't need Photoshop anymore, yeah. and Uh, For like on a day-to-day basis, I would still run into things where I needed it, and it was really annoying. But it was also kind of awesome because it forced me to to do things a little bit differently. And I have not actually opened Photoshop in a year and a half, and I do not even have a copy on my computer anymore. I have a computer that can run it now, but I don't use it at all.
2: You got a you have a little counter like days days since last opened Photoshop. Photoshop. Like days without an accident, kind of thing. Yeah, awesome.
1: I I should start a calendar. Are you implying that Photoshop is an accident?
0: (laughs) Uh, No. (laughs) Why don't we jump back into WordPress for a second? Um, And Dan, so aside from Redux, I know that you've written a couple of other plugins. Uh, What's your aside from Redux? What is maybe the most popular plugin that you've written? Aside from Redux and EDD. Well, I mean, we know that you, we
1: already know um, that you contribute to EDD, but I know there's... Well, no, I don't mean for... EDD itself. I'm talking about plugins for it. Sure, sure. Because no, um, sure. I would... I'm. You know, I'm really not sure. I've got a couple of uh, plugins in the repo that are ridiculously popular, but I don't know as though I would say that they're more popular than some of my EDD ones. Sure. Why don't you um, just tell us a couple of what they are? Well, EDD PDF Stamper, obviously, is is one of my more popular ones for EDD, um, it hasn't really been out that long, so there really aren't as many users as I think
0: there are going to be. Sure. Um, and, and what, that that allows someone to download a PDF and, like, put a watermark on it?
1: Uh, basically, yeah. It, if, if you have a PDF that is for sale on an EDD site, um, it allows you to dynamically stamp that at, like, with the user's info, a watermark, or anything, pretty much, um, whenever a user downloads that file. So you can actually... Uh, You know, you you have a PDF and you want it to be registered, so to speak, to a specific user when they purchase it and they download it, then you can stamp it with their name and their purchase ID. Um, Or you can put a literal watermark on it if you want to have your company's logo on it
0: or pretty much anything. It's definitely great for, I mean, anybody who's selling, like, sensitive information with PDFs or things that you need to be very closely tied to users and help ensure that they're not redistributing that information. That was uh, probably
1: my biggest nightmare plugin for a long time, but it's also turning into one of my more popular ones. So, yeah, I know it. it
0: we had some support issues with it. Uh, I, I think it was a, it was a good example of a plugin that highlights like <laughs> issues that you run into with different hosting accounts, with just people having different configurations, different options available. And... It also highlights the need to
1: actually properly error, you know, error handle your code. Oh, sure, because
0: you would have, there would be an error, like something (laughs) would just fail, but it wouldn't tell you why it would fail.
1: In in all fairness, that was not my fault. (laughs) I had no control of that. PDF Stanford relies on um, FPDF and FPDI, uh, which are PDF libraries for PHP. Mm -hmm. Um, The problem with this is that while FPDF is basically the de facto, like, everyone uses it PDF library for for PHP scripts, it also kind of sucks because it doesn't actually do any real error checking. If it runs into an error that it doesn't know how to handle, it just gives you a generic, I can't do this message. Um, Which resulted in a lot of headaches for us on the support side because we'd have users that say, I'm getting this error. And I look at it and go, this error means nothing.
0: So I don't know how to fix it. (laughs) Yeah, super annoying. Brad, have you ever worked with FPDF or FPDI?
2: Uh, No, no, I've never even heard of it, no. Uh, Don't, don't, don't. Don't. don't do it. It's,
0: if, if you need it, just send it to
1: me. It's I'm <laughs> gotten it's, used to it.
0: It's an unfortunate headache that it's unfortunately there's not really better alter, alternatives at the moment. yet Uh, be, just I I don't know why why is maybe maybe working with PDFs is really hard. I've never tried to it's, do it in PHP, but it's really the only option out there. Uh, like if you search for like go to Google and do like PHP PDF parsing or like writing there, there everything. Are two others. Okay,
1: there are two others. Yes. Um. There's actually, there's one called MPDF, which is supposed to be a better version of FPDF. Um, I, I'm trying to remember what the differences are. I know it supports uh, UTF-8 where the core of FPDF doesn't, and there was a few other changes, but it's not actually 100% compatible, so it's not really a drop-in replacement. And then there's
0: uh, TFPDF, I think it is, isn't it? I think that's Wasn't right. The other one? They're all they're they're all named almost exactly the same thing, which makes them really difficult to keep track of.
1: But what it what it comes down to is that in terms of compatibility and in terms of size, um, FPDF is basically the one that everyone uses because the other ones are either not really compatible with everyone else's code or are just
0: huge. Yeah, I don't really like. I don't really enjoy working with PDFs, but unfortunately, it's a, a kind of a necessary evil sometimes when you get into selling digital products. Yeah. I like it; it makes me money. Well, yeah, sure. I definitely.
2: <laughs> I definitely worked with PDFs a while back. I can't remember what I used. I may have used FPDF, um, but I was I needed to generate invoices uh, for mm-hmm. the uh, my company. Uh, that, that's company. Exactly. that's
0: one of the things that we also use it for. Yeah, like we have PDF invoices.
2: Anyway, I remember whatever I used, it was. Fairly painless to use. Maybe I should look it up and
0: let you guys know. <laughs> well, so <laughs> that would be awesome. Maybe we've just <laughs> been using it the wrong thing, and you never would. One of the issues that I know that we ran into, uh, both with with Dan's plugin and then another plugin that someone else wrote for EDD, uh, is that it would work for the vast majority of users. But then if you get to get somebody who's displaying like UTF characters, for example, like the euro sign, right, would right. freak out. Um, oh god! And a lot of other things like that, where as uh like when we are testing it generally we're we're testing it in with english and in, in, in with us characters primarily and we don't run into these these kind of issues but then when you start getting into say arabic or hebrew or cantonese or I- any other uh other alphabet then it starts being much more troublesome right and that that that's where i think where the bulk of our support issues came from that or compatibility with hosts right Unfortunately, PDF parsing does not work very well on a lot of shared hosts.
2: That's not surprising.
0: <laughs> no.
1: I, I kind of take it as a, both a point of pride and a, and, a, and a, this really shouldn't be happening, but uh, PDF Stanford, I believe, is the only plugin that EDD has right now that actually has a disclaimer on the plugin page that says, don't buy this if you have these hosts. It's true.
0: Yeah, we, <laughs> uh, we ended up, we found that there were a couple of severe problems that we couldn't resolve on a particular host or two. And so we had to say, hey, look, I'm sorry. If you're using this host, we can't help you.
2: Yeah. That's <laughs> Which was really right.
0: unfortunate. Like, I hate I hate the fact that sometimes you have to do that. But
2: Yeah. Know. Well, sometimes hosts, uh, just like some of them are just really crazy about, like, security lockdown or, mm-hmm. you know, one thing or another. Sometimes yeah. they refuse to install, a, like, a standard PHP extension or they have it disabled for some reason. Or, you know, sometimes you just get these oddball hosts that are, you know. Dead against certain things for some reason. Yeah, um, I just looked up my old code and uh, yep, fpdf. <laughs> well, there we go. So I don't have a better solution for you, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Dan, are you? Uh, you're not related to Clay Griffiths, are you?
1: No, I've been asked that before, though. Okay. Well, no, we just, let me rephrase just... that. Let me rephrase that. Not that I'm aware of. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Anything's possible. Right. Right. It would. It would not be a bad relation to have. Clay's right. cool smart guy
2: clay Clay griffiths of course uh for those who don't know is uh the one of the founders of headway uh theme framework and all that stuff
0: yeah pretty cool system i've seen the code behind it and it's clay's clay's a genius
2: yeah is it how old is is that
0: guy now like 20 19 20 no wait no he just turned 21 okay so he can, he can drink now. <laughs> I think so, yeah. If he chooses. Because to. Every, every time that I've been with him at a conference, we're going to the after party or something, and I was like, oh, guys, I can't, I can't go. not go. like, <laughs> what? Yeah. Well, uh, I think we've got one more question for you, Dan, and then I think we're going to move on to some uh, plug-in picks that we want to talk about a little. All right, where'd you go? Um, have you ever contributed to WordPress Core? Either in terms of bug reports, patches... I've submitted my share
1: of bug reports, not a whole lot, but a few of them. Um, sadly, I don't have any actual code that's been committed to core yet. Um, most of that doesn't come down to I don't want to, and it comes down to I just don't have the time to right now. That's, I think um, that's probably one of the hardest things for a lot of people in terms of I have, core. I have lots and lots and lots of things that I would love to see happen with Core, and and some of them I have open bug reports on, or I've commented on other people's bug reports on, um, but I just haven't really gotten around to
0: actually committing anything yet, unfortunately. Hey, bug reports are a big part of contributing. I mean, to any project, it's true. true. Brad, you want to take us away uh, with your yeah your plugin? Uh,
2: yeah. Okay. So. Um... The plugin I've chosen is called Better WP Security, and uh, I tried this out a while back, uh, just because you know there's there's probably some stuff with my blog or and my other sites that are on WordPress that could probably be you know strengthened in terms of security. So uh, I gave this a try and a couple other plugins, uh, but I thought this plugin was very comprehensive. It had a lot of different kind of angles on security that to take a look at unfortunately in the end the plugin didn't really work out Uh, it was causing the memory uh, on my server to go crazy so I I I shut it down but I did learn a lot of things that I could kind of fix up using HD access rules and uh, and other things
0: so did did it reveal some of those uh, I guess weak points by like going through and identifying common common areas that could be improved.
2: Yeah, it, it, and it's writ, writ laid out really nicely uh, in the, the dashboard. So if if you go to the the admin screen for for the plugin, it kind of has a tab for each kind of area where you can kind of security area where you can kind of strengthen things. Uh, so one of the tabs is like it's called user, for example, and uh, it, it encourages you to make sure that your username. Is not admin, which is the default uh, username. Not anymore. Right, not anymore. But it, it was for, I don't know. There's,
0: there's still a ton of sites out there that still have that Oh, yeah. Yeah,
2: a thousand years, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's been admin. Oh, like I Recently changed. Uh, but another thing it, it, on this tab, it tells you to do is that the ID, change your ID from one, which is the default user ID, uh, to, to a different number. Uh, so that's like, that's probably a very unlikely thing that to be exploited, but it's...
0: So I have to, I have to laugh a little bit when you say that. Sorry to interrupt you for a second. Yeah. Uh, because one of my, my favorite security flaw that I ever created by accident uh, was related to user IDs with num- with one, the user ID of one. <laughs> and I had a bug that allowed someone to log into a site Without a password or username, because w- basically, like, it was identifying the user as like invalid, and so we use like negative one to identify the user, which was a terrible idea, and then it got run through absent, which turned it into one, and then it tried <laughs> to log the user in, and sure enough, there's a user, and they're an admin. <laughs> so that's, a, I mean, it's a, it may seem silly to change your user ID, but if you have a plugin that's not necessarily being malicious, but just has like a little little obscure bug like that it can actually have a uh, pretty bad consequences
2: right so so that's so that's, those are two things that wp uh, or better wp security plugin can do for you and then you can just you uh-huh. know disable the plugin if you don't want it running all the time right yeah, so cool. so there's quite a few things like that there's like the prefix your table prefix it can change that for you and all the because changing your table prefix isn't as simple as just renaming your tables. There's other things that you need to do. Uh, and there's, yeah, there's other things like backups, uh, making sure to cool. lock down certain files and all that stuff. So check it out. Uh, Dan, you, you've used this plugin too, haven't you?
1: Yeah. Um, I actually did a, uh, a review of it during a security lecture I gave a month and change ago. Um, it's, I will agree with you that it is a very comprehensive plugin. Um, my one issue with it is that it's, it for someone who doesn't know what they're doing, it can be downright dangerous. Um, it does give you a lot of information. It gives you a lot of great information. However, some of the things that it recommends doing can seriously damage your site if you do it wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't really hold your hand a whole lot through the process. It kind of just says, here's a problem. Click here to fix it. Well, their fix doesn't always work in every situation.
2: Right. So so you're saying like it's definitely not something that, you know, just an average WordPress user should do. It's something right. well, no, for a developer. No, no, not even
1: that. I I I don't see there being a problem with a user activating it and looking at the at, at the information it gives you and saying, "Okay, here's a problem. Now how do I fix it?" However, you know, even for a basic user, it would be a lot smarter for them to take that information and then go to Google and say, "Here's what it's telling me. Now, how do I fix this in principle as opposed to just clicking the magic button and hoping it doesn't right? Maybe, like, what are the repercussions of this failing exactly. if the fix doesn't work? Um, the first time I ever actually used uh, the Better WP security plugin, I actually crippled my site. Yeah. Because I didn't take that advice um, because I hadn't reviewed it yet, and I just pressed the, the fix problem button, and it actually took my site down.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, it can definitely happen.
2: Yeah, and... Uh... This uh this plugin's actually been acquired. <laughs> it's a free free plugin and everything, but the author is, now works at uh, iThemes. Uh, Chris Wiegman, I think he's yeah. how you pronounce his name, and uh, and then iThemes, iThemes have have kind of taken over development. So it might be might be getting some love in the. I future. have
0: high hopes for it. I would have. I have huge hopes for it. They're, I mean, I mean iThemes has obviously got a very strong. Uh, tour. I mean, building great plugins, everything from, from Backup Buddy to Exchange. Um, great company, great people, and they know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's awesome. So, I had two plugins that I want to highlight. Uh, one of them I'm just going to mention really quickly. Um, if you ever need to do custom CSS on your site, uh, there's a lot of custom CSS plugins out there. There's also a lot of times themes will build in a custom CSS panel. Um, i like to warn people that using a custom CSS panel provided by your theme, it's not necessarily a great idea uh, because if you switch themes, that CSS goes away. Now, that CSS might have been written specifically for your theme, so it might not matter, but in general, I think custom CSS should be relegated to a plugin. Uh, and so uh, Andrew Norcross from Reactive Studios built a, a really nice custom CSS plugin called Reactive CSS Builder. Um, and the thing that I like about it more so than most custom CSS plugins is that instead of simply outputting this do, uh, the CSS in a styles tag inline in the header, it actually generates a real CSS file uh, and then puts that into the site. And so that file can then be cached. You can minimize it. Um, all the things that you would do with a normal CSS file loaded through a plugin or a theme, uh, which is really slick. So go check that one out. It's Reactive CSS Builder. It's on WordPress.org. Um, and the other plugin. And this is one that I do not have a personal use for, but I think is a really cool idea. And the execution of it was beautiful. Uh, and it's called Stream. Uh, just uh, Stream, it's from the, the X team which is uh, led by Frankie Jarrett uh, who I believe also ran churchthemes.net um, and it's it's actually, it was built by a lot of different people that involved with the X team. team. Uh, but what it does is it allows you to track activity in your site. So let's say that you have a site and you have this plugin activated, it will track user logins, it will track changes to post, new new post types that are created, taxonomies that are created, media files uploaded, comments posted. It tracks updates to WordPress and to plugins. So let's say that your site's running great today and then sometime overnight you do an update to WordPress core or you do an update to a plugin and suddenly your site's having a lot of trouble. You can go into Stream and it will tell you what happened. So it'll say this plugin was activated, uh, this plugin was updated, WordPress core was updated, etc. Uh, and it's really, really cool. And it's kind of like uh, blame, blame, and get. <laughs> yeah, it, exactly. It's basically yeah. let's see in that let's see a history
1: of what's happened on this site. I think yeah. um, going forward with WordPress, especially with. The, uh, the 3.8 release when we now have the, the automatic updates, the background updates
0: built into WordPress, I think that that's going to be seeing a lot of use. I would agree. Because, I mean, sometimes, I mean, we, we know that automatic updates are extremely reliable and in general are going to cause very, very, very few problems. But it's still a nice thing to have, to have that history that says, we ran an update yesterday at 10 p.m. Or uh, a new plugin was installed at 3 p.m. today, and this is the user that installed it. It's like the it's like taking the idea of a social network stream, like an activity feed, from your friends and your connections, and putting it into your WordPress admin to see the see the activity. Now,
1: I have a question on this. Um, something like this, we're talking about this thing is actually tracking basically everything that happens on your site. Right. Um, wouldn't that have like a ridiculously high memory footprint? Uh,
0: you would think. Uh, I I did a code review of it for him, and I was really pleased. Uh, they they have taken performance uh, really seriously, and it does not. Uh, it stores everything in custom tables that they've optimized really well. So uh-huh. it doesn't uh, it doesn't store anything in, in the post table or post meta, which are sometimes responsible for slowing down sites more mm-hmm. so than than other tables. Um, and the way that they record their actions, uh, it, it's, it has very minimal footprint. Um, the only thing that it's doing is it's basically inserting a value into a table when you do these kinds of actions. But since these are admin actions, usually, having an extra, like, two milliseconds on an action is not really a big deal, as opposed to, like, adding two milliseconds to a page load on the front end is a big deal. Right. But in, in the admin, in terms of doing these kinds of things, it's not necessarily as important.
1: Yeah, fair
0: enough. Uh, the one note is it does require 5.3 or higher for PHP. Okay. Honestly, which honestly, why should should anyone? Hit. Why right. would anyone have below 5.3? <laughs> that shouldn't. Not be, that we don't run into it on a weekly basis, but it you shouldn't was, be running anything older than. It 5.3. really shouldn't be a problem <laughs> that we need to require 5.3, or that we need to tell people that it requires 5.3. But there are still enough hosts out there that run 5.2. That if your host can. is running 5.2, you might want to change hosts. It's probably true.
2: If you're, if your host is running 5.2, it's probably just an old server, and they probably have another one and are eager to get you off that server. <laughs> speaking from a former uh, web host <laughs> oh, nice. I, I used to host uh, we used to have that problem right it, when shared hosting you have clients on older servers right and the, but oftentimes they have older software running on those servers and if you upgrade them their software will explode because uh, it doesn't support some of the new features in php 5.3 or or whatever and so you have this dilemma of like, <laughs> can, can you actually move a site? Maybe, Write maybe better not. code. Yeah. Well, well unfor- I mean, yeah.
0: I, mean, I, I, wish I, g- I wish we could say that like writing better <laughs> code was the answer to everything. But sometimes like sometimes old code can't be updated, which is unfortunate. But it's, it's the truth of the matter.
2: It's a willingness thing sometimes too. Like, you know, you know if it's WordPress and, it, and they haven't hacked the core, then updating shouldn't be a problem. Uh, but yeah. oftentimes it's like an old version of OS commerce that has like a ton of hacks in it and like the client just doesn't want to deal with updating it for five you know, PHP five three.
0: It's true. Well I mean sometimes the benefit of upgrading doesn't outweigh the time that it takes to do it.
2: Yeah, exactly. Well I wish that wasn't just true, but <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I agree with that.
0: I, I mean. Well, I just there's... mean like let's say that you have a let's say you have a site that that is more or less self-contained. I mean, it 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 just runs. It runs fine. There's no problems with it. Um, sometimes upgrading just for upgrading's sake, it's kind of. I mean, aside from like fixing security bugs, obviously, um, it's kind of like the same idea of refactoring code for the sake of refactoring code.
2: Yeah, I think there's a a lack of understanding with customers uh oftentimes that you know that they don't have to maintain the software that once it's built right. it's kind of set in stone and it's good to go forever you know rather than it's
1: definitely not true that is a very depressing attitude
2: yeah <laughs> but i mean I, I think it's i think it's true i, th- I think i think and it's, it's a, our common. job to like change
0: you know minds. absolutely right? it's i mean it's very common and, and i think a lot is not necessarily that users or customers have an attitude that says, oh, this never needs to be updated. It's that they're not, it's not their area of expertise, so they're not, put it this way, they're not really educated on the reasons why you should do that. I mean, because to a lot of people, if they're not a developer or they're not familiar with the ways that software works, I mean, it works, so why would it stop working? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that kind of comes back to it's the developer's own
1: responsibility to know what software or what... You know what their system depends on, and if there is a major update, then they need to look into it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I had a plugin or two that horribly broke with the the uh, WordPress 3.8 update because I was depending on CSS classes and IDs that didn't exist anymore. So the interface just falls apart. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're if you're proactive enough, then stuff like that doesn't really matter because you
0: can catch it before the users do. Right. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> well, cool. Um... I think that just about wraps this up unless uh, either Brad or Dan, if you have anything to add.
2: No, I think that's good for me. Not really.
0: Awesome. Uh, I'm going to give a quick shout-out back to our sponsors again. Thanks to WP Ninjas for sponsoring this episode and episodes to come in the future. They're pretty cool guys. Go check them out. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Dan, for coming on and joining us. Anytime. All right.
2: Thanks, everybody.